You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So now Posey ranges away, and throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, it's episode eight of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. That's Joe Shasky. I'm Mark Willard, and it has been a minute, and the Giants come in after a series against the Rockies. They're 22-15, and 15. And the Rockies beat him for the first time in 12 games. What happened? I mean, I remember Coors Field was supposed to be. I still hate watching baseball at Coors Field, uh, but maybe it's less of a house of horrors now. They're winning most of their games there. Hey, look, they got out with two out of three, and they have their souls. You know, sometimes you leave a soul or two uh, from that bullpen in the Colorado Rockies. So I'm okay with taking two out of three, and I thought there were some big boy opportunities for for the man that we're going to talk about a little later, Camilo Duvall, but a lot of the bats are getting hot right now. I mean, closing in Colorado, especially close games, um, you know, that second one when it was 10 to 2, and then it was 10 to 7, and you're like, oh, this is going to be the one. You get one a year. where you just cough up a ridiculous lead at Coors. So Duvall was great in the first two games of that series, and you're right. We'll get to him a little bit later. But we haven't had a chance yet to connect on Mauricio Dubon uh, mm. being traded. We we knew the roster crunch was coming. It's funny, you and I about a week and a half ago were talking about Dubon and Luis Gonzalez, and as we sit here today, neither one of them are on the roster anymore. The Gonzalez one's a little bit odd. We can talk about that in a little bit. But what was your take on – why the Giants decided to move on from Dubon and the fact that the acquisition was a catcher. It's a couple of things. So the first one, not knowing at the time, hey, LaStella's 100% healthy and it's going to look like, you know, Superman at the plate. Didn't see that coming. But number two, I just, I kind of felt bad for Dubon. I mean, look, local boy from Sacramento, great story. I'm rooting for him. We were all rooting for him. Did he do some bonehead things? Absolutely. But I don't think he really had a truly defined position. I do think, actually, it'll work in Houston for him. And then on the receiving end, you get this guy that I've never heard of, and you look at the baseball card, and you're like, I don't know. But then haven't I done that before on Farhan acquisitions where I'm like, yeah, I don't see it. And then that guy comes up and has, I don't know, like a monster five weeks. And the next thing you know, he's your starting left fielder or your starting second baseman. So – I did think it was a little interesting that they acquired a catcher. Not that that guy's going to be on the big league roster today, but like, what does that mean for Joey Bart or Casale? Like I, I, it was more about their existing roster than it was about moving off of Dubon. Like what they acquired intrigued me. Well, I think that what they acquired was multiple insurance policies. That's what they did. 
And sure, Dubon had had some moments that were nice in recent weeks, but the, 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 the roster crunch combined with mm-hmm. the fact that he never really popped into someone that you absolutely had to have on your team. What did they need in this moment? Maybe nothing, but what could they need within the next couple of months? Let me give you two answers. First of all, even though Tommy Lastella is back, are you comfortable that he's going to be healthy the rest of the way? That took way no. too long. Yeah. And it's an Achilles and he's getting into his mid thirties. And so that's scary. So what does it do? The trade opens up a spot on the 40-man roster for Donovan Walton, a left-handed hitting infielder. Okay, so that's one mm-hmm. insurance policy on Tommy Lastella. And then the guy you acquire in the trade, Mike Papierski is his name, and he plays the position of catcher. So your insurance policy is, we've talked about it a number of times uh, so far this year, what do you do if Joey Bart doesn't get better? Mm-hmm. What if he doesn't start putting the ball in play? Joe, you could deal with that in May. You cannot deal with it in September. You cannot point. deal with it in October. And Kirk Casale cannot catch every day. Casale right now looks as good as he's ever looked. Yeah. As a giant catcher offensively and defensively. So it seems to me they acquired a second insurance policy, which yeah. is Joey's going to have his time. He's got his space. But where do we turn? Do we have any major league ready catchers if – we get to a playoff push and Joey still can't stop striking out. I think that's what they did with this deal. And I think you're, I think you're spot on with that assessment. Dubon was playing a little short, a little second, and then a little outfield. And then I just looked to the outfield because you referenced some of the, the infielder positions. I'm like, okay, he's a right-handed bat. Do I really like him over Slater? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like right now, just in terms of right-handed bat, he's definitely not taking Darren Ruff's spot, right? Yes. So he just was the odd man out here. Like for me, he just was the odd man out. And then you factor in Luis Gonzalez, who might have an opportunity at some point down the line to come back. And I would much rather have his bat and his athleticism into the lineup. Yeah, it's no doubt about it. Devon is the odd man out. Well, we got to get to Luis Gonzalez in a little bit too, because he homered right when he got back to Sacramento. And it almost <sighs> felt like as he's running around the bases, I almost felt sick to my stomach. Like, what are you doing in that Jersey? Uh-huh. Why are you wearing a river cats Jersey? You know? So, Put, put that aside mm-hmm. for a second. But how do you how do you remember, uh, this will be funny, the Mauricio Dubon era, if you will? I mean, like you said, really cool story. Yeah. Big smile. Fun interview for guys like us. Um, and, and some moments. Some moments. Yeah. I, I won't miss him on the base paths. I will <laughs> tell you that. I think that he his his negative impact was overstated. I think fans crushed this guy, and I don't think he was that bad of a giant. I I'll remember him fondly because I I just liked the dude and I liked his aura and I thought that he played with a particular like free flowingness that I appreciate. A little too free flowing on the bases, to your point, but he also was a guy that was like, hey. I've never played outfield. I'll play outfield. Hey, I haven't played a whole lot of second base. If I'm going to stick around, I'll play second base. I appreciate those kind of guys. That's good self-awareness. Well, not only that, but I mean, that's exactly what we know Farhan is looking for. And if Mm -hmm. we hear what we always do with the Giants, which is this plan doesn't work unless you have buy-in. Buy-in from the players. Now, it's not like Dubon was coming from a place where he's like, no, I don't buy in. I'm like, he hadn't established himself as a big leaguer yet when when he got here. But a guy who grew up his whole life being a middle infielder and knowing what that position means to a defense, and then when he's told, go get out in center field. yeah, And he just, I mean, he dove in with both feet to the point where he told us multiple times 
he, he got to a point where he would rather be a center fielder yeah. than play at shortstop or second base. You have to value guys like that. You have to appreciate that kind of buy-in where someone's like, look, you put me wherever you want. I'm going to go out there. And by the way, defensively, he always played pretty well. He did. And uh, I'm seeing on the chat right now from our producer, Sam Loveman, the best Dubon stat. He's a 500 hitter, two for four, against Clayton Kershaw with a homer. Oh, well, listen, and you remember when the homer was, don't you? Yes, listen, I do. That was it. The, the Giants were 0-4 <laughs> against the Dodgers, and everyone is freaking out. Oh, that's nice. They're a good team, but they can't <laughs> beat the Dodgers. They're getting housed, and the Giants respond with three in a row. Dubon homers off of Kershaw. They crush who at the time was thought to be their best pitcher, mm -hmm. and, and then on we went to the story of last year where the Giants and Dodgers went down to the last weekend and the Giants actually won 10 out of 19 games. Like that was a huge swing of the stick. If you look at last year, it was, I feel like we're beating around the bush. I do think five years from now, similar to Tejada, not putting down the bunt when Bochi wanted him to, we are going to talk bunt gate. Like the first thing that's going to pop in your mind when you think of Dubon will right. be the bunt thing, whether, whether you're on one side or the other, I do feel like that's going to be the, the resonation when it's all I, said and done. I mean, the Padres are in town this weekend. Uh, do we have to have a Lee Harvey Oswald conversation? <laughs> Did Mauricio Dubon act alone or was the, <laughs> was the code bunt ordered? Uh, by the Giants, uh, is the Padres beef over now because Dubon's not even on the team? Um, I, I, who knows? I have no idea. But I went to the game the very next day, and I remember sitting there with Loveman, our producer, and I said, man, it looks like Cap and, 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 and Bob Melvin are talking for quite some time at home plate. And then, boom, first at-bat, Manaya staring him down, staring him down, staring him down. Dubon goes right back up the middle. So God bless his soul. He got a base hit on the very next at bat. Well, and he got us into what I think is a great conversation uh, early in this season. It has been the number one conversation mm. uh, about baseball in this city. And that is about unwritten rules. And so if you want to remember Mauricio in, in any kind of positive way, I'll remember him for that because I think it's an important conversation that is still only a, a, at a certain point in its evolution but it's an important conversation that uh, we break these, these these walls down. This idea that if you're ahead, you're supposed to stop trying. And if you're behind, you get to keep trying. And our feelings are hurt, even though we're making $15 million this year. Like it, it, we cannot treat Major League Baseball like youth baseball. And that bunt was a big part of that conversation this mm -hmm. year. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And I think the aura with which he played, too, I, I just like guys like that. I like yeah. dudes that play loose, that play fun, that smile. Not that I don't love a, a good red-ass Jeff Kent, but, like, it is more fun in this era to see guys smile a little more. I just wish he was a better overall ball player. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I tell you what would make a lot of people smile. That's the trade that they did make, and it's a very, very far Hanzadi Scott Harris yeah. type trade. Mauricio Dubon for Mike Papirski. All right. What about the name Juan Soto? Because that now has made a, a the, the national rounds in terms of the Nationals potentially getting to the spot 
this summer in July where Juan Soto needs to be moved. We always talk about how the Giants will pounce if it's the right guy. Like to me, (laughs) obviously this is the right guy. You've got years of team control. You have an elite young player, early 20s. This is the type of long-term deal that the Giants could could do, would do. Now you're going to have to part with so much of that minor league capital you've worked so hard to build. I mean, we've talked about Luciano being untouchable. Joe, I, I would say untouchable except for this. Like I would, I think I would give up just about anybody to bring Juan Soto to the Giants. If you knew he was going to extend with you, you know, sign the big massive extension, it's going to cost you 300 million. I mean, that's, that's the cost of doing business for someone like this. His numbers, Juan Soto's to start off his career. They mirror a guy by the name of Ted Williams in terms of batting average, least amount of strikeouts, doubles, home run slugging percentage. I mean, Ted Williams, the splendid splinter. And I don't want to be one of these old crusty baseball guys, but like my dad taught me how great that guy was. He's the last guy to win a triple crown for crying out loud and bat 400. So if you're telling me you're getting a player like that, who's I think he's 23 right now. I think that's the age. I might even agree. Yeah. I mean, 20. And he's got multiple years of team control. I look at what the Mets did a couple of years ago to get their shortstop, uh, Francisco Lindor, from the Cleveland Guardians at the time. He had one full year of team control, and they surrendered lower-level prospects than I think what most people thought. But they also knew, hey, he only had the one year, and you got to pay him $300 million. I don't know. It's just in my mind, in my mind, I do not think it's going to cost you a Marco Luciano. Now, would I give up Luciano? I probably would. Because that's how good this guy is at the major league level. I will say this. Like, it's an interesting conversation from this perspective. The Giants have the minor league capital get this done without including Marco Luciano. Agreed. But but there will be multiple teams mm-hmm. coming after this. Don't forget, the Dodgers and Nationals have kind of a good relationship. They pulled off Scherzer mm-hmm. and Turner last year. I don't know that the Dodgers, the cool thing about the Dodgers having a great player at every position is I think they're finally out of space for someone like Juan Soto, but but don't put it past him. I know there will be other offers out there that may force you to give up your absolute best. But again, you're talking about a guy who's 23 and yes, full arbitration control for two more years after this season. And the Giants have the financial flexibility to get this oh. done. And if you ever want an elite offensive player, we know this. Don't wait for free agency. You got to do it by trade. No doubt. And I just look at like a pull lefty hitter like him. I mean, how good would he be in our ballpark? I mean, he'd be I mean, spectacular. I think he's underrated defensively. He would be an anchor in the lineup for the next, what, 10 years? I mean, you look at all the other teams in the NL West that have hope, right? You referenced the Dodgers. They've got multiple pillars of the team for the next 10 years. I look at San Diego, and that's the way I look at, I guess Machado was a couple of years ago when they gave him the big deal, but him and Tatis, that's their future, right? And they're present. The Giants really don't have that guy on the everyday level. So it's hard for me to have all this optimism and hope for the next five years. That's why I feel so crummy about Arizona and Colorado. They don't have that guy either. Well, and it would finally at long last put to bed this every single year. We got a new left fielder on opening day. 
That's that, great. It, the, wow. There, there could be your guy. There's your left wow. fielder. There's your call. Barry Bonds replacement for call. the next however many years. Well, and here's the other part of this. I, I would have been reluctant in years past giving any position player 10-year deals. I just, I get it. Like, you were in the NL. You didn't have the DH. Now that you got the DH... I don't really want to hear the argument that you can't spend 10 years on somebody. If the guy's good enough, you buy out the arbitration years. Here's eight extra years after you would have hit free agency. Let's do this bad boy. I mean, you got Oracle plastered on the stadium. You got 300 million from that. Spend some of it on a Juan Soto. We'll all be satisfied. Yeah, that would change the uh, the conversation for sure in terms of fan interest. And is there a stop what you're doing guy? All of that.